Right, okay, let's start with where on earth are we? We're in the Wheat Sheaf. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful pub. Um, it's, it's clearly been styled, in... but I don't think we should hold that against it. I mean, there's a lot of footwear on the wall. Yep. Z yeah, um, but very considerately, they've put them into pairs. They have. So you don't worry about where the other one is. You don't have to worry about where the other one is. How do you feel about shoes that aren't generally paired up? Well, does, I think, it, does it worry you? <laughs> I think if they were in here, if there was an art, an art, an artfully placed shoe on the wall, I would start looking for where the other one was. Right, like some sort of horrible game of Where's Wally. Yeah, okay. I was just going to say. shoe-based game of Where's exactly. Wally. Exactly. Good. very much like a one of those point-and-click games or Ooh. something like that. Uh, where's the other shoe? Like, yes. generally speaking... No, see, I was going to say, generally speaking, I don't really care. And I was like, no. You do. It sounds do, like you do. I do. I mean, you're, anyone that starts a sentence with, generally speaking, I don't really care about this subject, is usually really, I do. really deeply I affected by the subject matter. No, like, well, yeah. No, the shoes that are currently sort of being worn outside my wardrobe are right. definitely... They're all in pairs. They're paired up. They're paired up. They're fairly sort of neatly... Aligned. You've got a system. I do, I do. I've got so many systems. It's a wonder I function. Amazing. <laughs> um, brilliant. So this is this is an endangered pub. I know. I signed the petition. I signed the petition as well. Uh, you signed the petition, although you've never been here. Yeah. <laughs> because it's important. No, that I agree. I I've agree. driven past it many times, and just because I haven't been and frequented the uh, weed chief in tooting the back, um, doesn't mean that you know. I mean. Why would I want this to be a Tesco Metro? No, God no. No, it's lovely. We're, we'd it's be in the stockroom really right nice, now. This yeah. wouldn't be right. There'd it's be no shoes. It's a really lovely pub. The people are generally quite nice. That's every time I've been in, this is very nice wine. And, good. And, oh, the roasts are incredible. Oh, really? Yeah, they're oh. really, really good roasts. Well, that's an interesting one. Because mm. comedy, food, girl. <laughs> those three Breaking things. those things down into their constituent <laughs> parts. Um, what? what came first, comedy or food? Probably food. food. <laughs> Probably from day food. zero. Although I say that. Um, uh, the, of the big passions. The no, big I mean, passions. we're not talking about you exist, existing, because it's always food. Yeah, food sure. always wins. Sure. Um, I think, I don't know, my interest, I was going to say my interest in food started when I, <laughs> my dear mother uh, would not mind me saying this, in that I learned to cook to survive. Right. Her cooking was... It was very experimental and it was very well-meaning, but it didn't necessarily always live up to what she thought it would be. How experimental? Well, like she would try a new recipe and would go, oh, I'll change bits, and then it wouldn't work because she'd change bits rather than following a new recipe. Right. So I have gone completely the other way and I am a slave to a recipe. A recipe slave? Yeah, so, but right. I love it. It, that, that ple it pleases me a great what deal. What is it about that process? Is it just the science behind it? So yeah, this, this, this is so. precise detail. Yeah, this so is like, measurement. Yeah, so also the first time I make it, I like to use the recipe and then, then the next time, I'm very happy to then experiment. But the first time you use a recipe, you might as well use the recipe, otherwise you What's could have just... having a recipe? Exactly. Yeah. You You're just, just lobbing things in a place, <laughs> otherwise. Exactly. You could have just winged it from the start. So, yeah, so I started cooking when I was, I don't know, gosh, 14 or something like that. Survival, like Like a, lo a lot, sort of cooking a few times a week. Um, and then I got my first cookbook, which was Nigel Slater's Real Food, which I still have and I love very much, um, when I was... 17. I should know my first ever cookbook was a Winnie the Pooh cookbook. I had so the... So that was a... That was a um, 
primary school purchase. That's awesome. I had the um, Roldals or Rolls and Recipes. Oh, cool. It was my first cookbook. Oh, that, were they edible or was it yeah. all like a... Je- oh, no, no, it's all edible. Like, you could make the edible pillows. Charlie and Jolly Factory and things like that's that, or really they had something awesome. from the Twits and things like that. It that's was just so like because cool. that's I grew up on Roll Up, um, not on him. No, be sure. weird. <laughs> there I am, Roll. You crack on, mate. And you, Charles, though, you get to die shortly. That's tragic, but true. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was my first. Oh, my that's first ever. nice. That's right. I didn't even know there was one. That's quite good. I lost touch with it. I say I lost touch with it. <laughs> it never called back. It just didn't. It refused to pick up <laughs> the phone. Apart. I tried email. <laughs> I sent a pigeon, but no. It refuses. So I, got, I, I have recently repurchased it. I got it on eBay. Oh, I got cool. it back, and it cost me one p. <laughs> have you made anything from it yet? I have not. You um, need to. I am. I have plans for the again. I think there's a Twits um, spaghetti that looks quite interesting. Cool. But start, yeah, start I, small with spaghetti. That's yeah. pretty, you know. Yeah. You know where you are with spaghetti already. You should. So uh, theoretically. So but to um, just finish the answer to the question. Yeah, don't mind me interrupting. <laughs> so, uh, no, I was just going to say, so the food, the interesting food goes quite far back. So, yeah, the Winnie the Pooh cookbook, and, and when I learned, we were given cookery lessons in the last year at primary school, and I asked my teacher at the end for all the recipes, so mm-hmm. I could, so, and I found them the other day, which is like, oh, wow. I say the other day, it was like last year, but you always say the other day. It was fine. Um, but I... Weirdly, I was thinking about this popped into my head in the shower. Okay, normal. No, I do a lot, a lot of you good do a lot thinking of short shower. bursts, shower thinking. Yeah, I do. Good. Um, and it popped into my head that my mum told me a little while ago uh, when I told my first ever joke. So it was. The table's yours. <laughs> Let's hear it. It was, um, well, it was when my parents were still together, so I must have been less than four. Okay. And old enough. But old enough to talk, so I must have been somewhere between two and four. So I'm going to plump for three. That, that is, the, um, the, that's the average. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> we'll go in there. So I was in the back seat of the car. We're driving along, playing I Spy, and I say I Spy something beginning with woof, and then it gets like window, window pane, windscreen wiper. All the things beginning with work, and I'm like, no, 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 and they're eventually starting to go like, what else begins with work that she could possibly know? So they go on for a little while, and then they give up, and I say, wab it, and then crease up laughing. So, yeah, little three-year-old me thought thought three-year-old me was hilarious. Yes, wow, you (laughs) So, yeah. So, although I, what I thought in the shower the other day was, oh, I Again. think I may have stole that from Elmer Fudd. <laughs> so my first joke may have been plagiarised, which is a bit of a shame. It is. But you steal from the best. And that really, that really brings the, the tone of the shower down. <laughs> Thinking about Elmer Fudd. No, just realising that you stole again. Yeah. But, you know... It was a happy thought to start know. with. You steal from the best, don't you? You do. Make it your own. You should. So you should always I, I just de- you know, tend to develop an idea. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, are there other other general thoughts you tend to have whilst showering? This is a weird um, question, but a, an apt one. Do you utilise a shower for thought processes? I do, I mean, I definitely. Gen- right. It's a go-to mm. place. Yeah, for sure. Because I think that's one of the few places that you you just you just go into autopilot, don't you? Yes. There's no real there's no real thought about the washing process because you, you know you've, you've got, got a that, system. Yeah. You stick to you it. Kind of, you know, Everyone's you reach, happy. You reach a certain age and you've basically got that nailed. There's not a lot of variation. Um, so yeah, I do a lot of thinking in the shower. Cracking. Yeah. So like thoughts pop into my head about 
shows or oh I had an amazing thing a couple of months ago where I was I was having a friend around for dinner and I had a, I just had a feeling of like she's gonna tell me she's pregnant tonight and she did that, that was, was a shower nice. so was, that was a shower premonition what? wow uh, you, so yeah. you've got shower power <laughs> <laughs> oh well done oh well, that's very good that is spectacular yeah this is, you should capitalise on this. There is, see, there's a lot of cheap lady magazines out there that would be looking for a medium right. that, that solely exists in the shower format. I think there's a gap in the market for, you, for your work. There is. There clearly must be. Shower power, that would have to be the name of it, though, not it? Does that mean you're going to have to get a, um, a waterproof whiteboard so you can start? Because, I mean, if I have a, you know, an idea, it has to go in the book. Oh, really? So oh, I've got okay. I've got books scattered around. Um, one because I don't really have an organisational system, mm. but two because if, if it goes in, it either goes on the phone or it's gone, or it goes yeah. in the book and it's gone. Yeah. So I do, like those sort of things where you have a really good dream and you're like, I'll remember. <laughs> yeah, I'll remember that amazing creative idea I had. No. Last night I dreamt uh, that someone threw a shoe at my head. Oh. And it really hurt. Oh. Fact. That's sad. Dream fact. There it is. I. Not last night, but the night before, dreamt I died in a fire. Ooh. Yeah. Massive one or just a tiny domestic one? No, a house fire. Domestic. Yeah, domestic. Textbook, domestic yeah, fire. Yeah, it started with oregano. Dried oregano. That is a dangerous sport. Yeah. I mean, that's an extreme sport. I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. kids, don't, don't, don't overherb. If don't overherb your food. If there's a, a message that you want to pass out, put out to the audience at an early point, yeah. it is, we're not dicking yeah. around with oregano, it's dangerous. Yeah, so. no. Like, it's a not mess around with your herbs. Yeah. Good. Favourite herb? Rosemary. Ooh. Yeah, I wow. think so. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Um, this is very versatile. Mm. Uh, pleasing to look at. <laughs> and, um, uh, and quite easy to maintain as a plant. So, you know, maintaining your herbs is key. Yeah, some of them are bastards. Ooh. Coriander. Oh. Shitty herb. Such a diva. Really? Coriander's a nightmare. Is it? It just thinks it's a bat. It's just like, I'm just going to fall over. You're like, oh, you probably need some water. I'll give you some water. Nope. Nope, not getting up. So do you, do you, are you, are you a grower as well as a eater? Yeah. You're a I hunter, gatherer, forager. I tried to be. <laughs> uh, good. I, um, I grew, what did I, I, I was quite adventurous, well not adventurous, but I, uh, I branched out into new avenues of planting this year. So really? I tried, so. uh, what did I grow from seed? I grew thyme. Did I see something on your Twitter about a marrow? Courgette. Courgette, that'll oh do. Oh my God. <laughs> The courgette plants went... Oh, by the way, I'm not a stalker. <laughs> it's quite right. No, I was fine. just doing research. It's research. It's, it's, it's perfect. It's I'm also delighted that someone even looks at my Twitter feed. Um, no, it was courgette plants. Courgette. So that was new for the year? That was new for the year. Good. Uh, the seeds came inside an Easter egg, which is pretty awesome. Uh, expected or just a surprise? No, total surprise. Wow. Total surprise. Like a, like a really good version of a kinder egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with something so like, genuinely useful inside yeah, it. exactly. So I planted, I planted a few and gave one to my mum. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I had two, I had two really good ones. So I think next year they did really well. I think the only thing is, is I will plant them a bit earlier because obviously I planted them after Easter. Uh, of course. So they didn't, they didn't fruit until quite late on. So I think if I plant them earlier, I should get a, a slightly more bumper harvest. So another top tip. Another top tip. Pop them in early. Plant your courgette seeds early. There we go. Yeah. 
why it's Easter. Other religious <laughs> holidays are available, but um, always plant your courgette at the point between Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Really. Let's go with the general New Year period. Yeah. No, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Southern, so so like let's February. go February, yeah. Mid-Feb? Yeah. Um, ah, um, National Chip and Pin Day, 14th February. <laughs> probably, probably do that there. Perfect, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, know, I, I don't know why that sat in my mind, but I've been affected by National Chip and Pin Day. Have you? Just got really? to say. I remember it. It was like it was yesterday. It wasn't. That reminds me of the um, Mitchell and Webb sketch. There's Chip and Pin... Oh no, there's pin and cushion and fish and chip. <laughs> yeah. And then chip and pin go, hey guys, we're gonna leave our we're gonna leave you fish and cushion because we think chip and pin's gonna really take off and we think we're gonna be a better double act. Wow. Chip and pin fails and fish and cushion goes like stratospheric. So now in the in the game would be contactless. Contactless, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Card and clash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm really angry about the announcements. Card clash. Card clash. Be aware. Like, I don't use the underground a lot. I use the underground for about 80 seconds a day. Yeah. Twice a day. Let's call it 160 seconds. <laughs> More maths available later. Um, but they're really hot on the card clash at the moment. There's a lot of whatever you do, guys. Yeah. Don't put your oyster in your bank card together, guys. This is bad news. I think they're probably just preempting people getting cross. Because people get cross very easily. In, so, in life? Yeah. Let alone and on the other when it involves transport and money. Mm. More so with money, I think. Do you, do you, do you believe in contactless payment? Do I believe in it? Well, the question is, does it believe in me? Mm. Mm. I don't know if it does yet. Um, I, yes, I, I, I believe <laughs> it exists. Uh, and if I had the contactless card, I would use it. You are... Weeks behind the game. Uh, Literally oh, weeks oh, behind. Oh, this is not my fault. My bank hasn't given me one. Destroy your card. Oh. Send a new one. <laughs> Top tip. Don't just wait for expiry date. Be proactive. Get on the phone. Say, excuse me, guys. Right? I was like, don't know why the, the accent's there. Um, but we'll carry on anyway. So send, me a, send me a new card, yeah? Yeah. I want that. I want that contactless oh, okay. technology oh, for maybe anything maybe less are. than £20 in a transaction. Yes. Yeah, so many tips. There are, so many tips. I already. think we there's... Keep a tally. A tip tally. <laughs> a tip tally. <laughs> right. Oh Fantastic. Um, so from food to comedy. Mm. Natural segue. Yeah. Um, so uh, three. Three. Back in a car. Yeah. Classic start. Yeah. <laughs> Where did it go from there? there uh, from thence, it went to sort of dicking around at school, I think. Um, not that I was the class clown. I certainly wasn't on purpose. Um, <laughs> Accidental clowning. Yeah. So... I mean, I did, I don't know, I mean, primary school, there's not a lot of, I don't know if there's a lot of outlet for comedy, necessarily, although I did a lot of, yeah, I mean, I did the school play every year, that okay. was quite fun. Um, I was narrator. I was a narrator, what did you narrate? Narrator, yeah. narrator pound. Narrator fist bump. There it is, uh, for the audio podcast, that was a fist bump, <laughs> <laughs> to respect the narrators. Um, the nativity, they, they got me in every oh, year. Yeah. Textbook nativity narrator. Yeah. I did. I narrated a nativity, uh, and I Good. narrated um, Thumbelina. I think it was. Really? I think it was Thumbelina. Yeah. It's not. That's not a curriculum sort of classic. Oh well, we were pretty out there. Yeah. yeah. You're pushing the boundaries. Little tiny middle class, entirely white village school. Where we're just it? breaking those boundaries. You really were. Yeah. <laughs> guys, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Thumbelina, guys. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then, I don't know, I get in secondary school, 
I did get a lot of, because um, I would just say whatever came into my head daily. Not necessarily thinking it was funny, but just thinking <laughs> it was like, oh, that's a different way of looking yeah. at whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, and I quite often got the uh, response of, oh, don't worry, Ginny, men in white coats are coming soon. That seemed to be like the stock the response place. <laughs> uh, for my thing. And it was really interesting, actually, because it was about a year or so ago, and I was chatting to, I can't remember who it was now, but I was chatting to somebody, a friend of mine from the improv world, and they were like, my friend said exactly the same thing. Um, and I think that's the joyous thing about improv, is it seems to have brought all us kind of like misfits together. Uh, and I do literally mean like not misfit in a cool way. I do mean misfit Proper as in outcast people misfit. who did not fit. Um, <laughs> oh, well, the actual definition. The actual of misfit. definition of misfit. So yeah, so yeah, so at school I didn't, um, I didn't go go out of my way to make people laugh. But I think sometimes I wondered why they didn't because I thought it was hilarious. Um, and I did, and that's also, uh, and again, my mum and I were talking about this the other day, but um, yeah, I did, did watch a lot of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway yep. on, on Channel 4, I think it was. Indeed. Uh, yeah, we used to watch loads of that, um, and, which means I'm so excited. I'm doing Mike McShane's improv course really? starting in a couple of weeks. I. I'm so excited. It's just incredible. like, yeah, it's just, oh God. I mean, he wasn't there at Edinburgh when I was, I don't, did he do any of the shows? The I other, think so. He did. He wasn't on the one I went to, but I had to go and see it because it was yeah. just epic. How could you not? How could you not? It's literally amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's a, a, another segue to the improv thing. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the first point you kind of went, I like, I like the concept of just generally going with the flow take it from that. Do you mean like when, when, what, like when, when did, did the I start doing improv really hit you? Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so um, I moved to London six years ago and I moved in uh, with my very, very dear friend Clara um, and she suggested that so that we, like, you know, we've been friends for years, we, uh, you know, one of my best friends, and um, she suggested that so that we didn't just become flatmates, right. that we have one day a week that was basically date night. Right. So, um, so we scheduled every week we would have a day in the diary where we would make dinner for each other and just hang out and make sure that we stayed friends okay. rather than just descending into system. kind of like who takes the bins out and that kind of stuff. You don't want that. No, no. It's not. It's not. Good. Um, so. After a few months of dating. lots of din- lots of dating and dinners, um, we were like, oh, we might go outside. <laughs> uh, so then we went to the cinema for like a month. Um, and then I think it was my, because we would take it in turns to cook and take it in turns to decide what we were going to do. Um, and I think it was my turn to decide. And I, it, it was the day, it was a Tuesday and I hadn't decided what we were supposed to be doing yet, so I just basically went on Timeout website. Uh, there are other listing sites available, Good. and um, went to uh, just like Comedy London tonight, 
and the word hoopla yep. just popped out at me as being a fun word mm. and they said it was improvised comedy like you saw on Whose Lines anyway and I was like ah oh, I used to love that show oh cool let's go and see this and it was only five pounds or something um, so we went along to that and we just laughed and laughed and laughed and just like like Clara at some points I barely couldn't breathe you know it was just so so funny and I just kind of got a bit addicted to how good it was and I think I went four times in five weeks and um, they uh, I think on that first night just sort of had a chat to the guys in the pub afterwards and they were like oh you know we do workshops as well and so it basically took me a month to kind of pluck up the courage and go that looks a really fun thing to do and then I went along and it was just, and I would, yeah, I just sort of walked in the room and one of the guys who I'd seen on stage just kind of came towards me with open arms going, Ginny, you came! And I'm like, oh, I think I've come home. Oh, <laughs> I, I, think this, yeah, I think this is, is going to be good. Uh, and I just had such a good time. And I just, you know, I went pretty much every week. It just became part of my week and... Yeah, it just sort of all started from there and it just, it all started from just purely seeing a good word. Good. A good word. Good words. Yeah. Do you, do you have any particular favourite words? Uh, cream. Cream. Is a good one. Cream. Right, um, good. That's an excellent word. Uh, Top word. Oh gosh. I quite like blanket for what it means. Blanket. Blanket's nice. Nice. Blanket's nice because it's it's very instantly um, evocative. Mm. I think. Okay. Uh, you know, you either think of blanket of snow or a blanket snuggling you. You know, it's very it's a very evocative word. Um, Makes me think of Les Dawson. That's cool. Oh. <laughs> That's just blankety blank. Uh, oh right, yeah. Probably others. No, there, are, there are definitely other words out there. There are definitely other words. I'm go, other I'm, words are available. They are, they are. Um, uh, palava. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. That's a classic word. That's good. That's a classic word. Mm. And puddle. Pud- oh, puddle's I'm lovely. I'm a huge puddle fan. Puddle's lovely, as is pudding. Mm, pudding. Oh, pudding's pudding. a good one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. So, for those that aren't accustomed to the world of improvisation, mm. um, what would you say are the key fundamentals to improv? Um, well, I teach improv every now and again. Um, so, if you're thinking this is week one, lesson yep. one, hour one. Yep, yep. I have my absolute uh, thing, which is I say um, everybody who teaches you improv will say that there are no rules to improv and then proceed to give you a whole load of rules. <laughs> Um, they'll give you three main ones but in my opinion the absolute cardinal rule of improv under which everything falls it's the brilliant it's a, it's a blanket umbra- rule it's a blanket rule it's quite simply don't be a dick it's the number one rule of life it's the number one rule of life which is why it's the number one rule of improv good so good don't parallels. be a dick in life don't, don't be, a be a dick in improv just don't be a dick don't be a dick in improv don't be a dick in life it's, it works both ways it really does um, so yeah no don't don't be a dick is basically the absolute <laughs> number one because if you're if you're if you're just doing that everything else is fine <laughs> like it, it's all really easy if you're not being a dick it's just 
<laughs> just, just all falls Chimble into like place. Chimble like advice, it is. It all oh, falls into place. But I would say, aside from that, maybe the more kind of... Um, so, uh, so our foundation is don't be a dick. Let's build the house of him. Uh, and then so, I would say the walls oh, yeah. are... Um, it's going to probably be a wigwam, but um, uh, is... Um, I've forgotten them. That's hilarious. Good. <laughs> Good improv. That's so much just make it up. That's so just make anything up. Good work. Um, well, there's yes and. Um, so that's the idea that you say yes to someone and then you build on what yep. they've given you. So you're agreeing with them and then adding. Yep. So if you just go like yes, 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 all the way through a scene, that's lovely, but it doesn't really do much. But if you go uh, yes and that's amazing because blah 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 then the other person has something to go great okay you've given me something to play with as well so it's kind of like it's a bit more like a I don't know like a game of tennis or something yeah. rather than just someone serving at you all the time um, <laughs> the lonely the lonely man <laughs> with the machine of doom <laughs> exactly I hate my life uh, listening is very important absolutely um, it's very easy to just get in your own head worry about what it is you're going to say next um, and then you don't listen to what the other person is saying uh, and therefore it's then very difficult to come out with something that fits um, or that is in any way um, a, a, a neat follow-on but also it's really important to listen to yourself um, to actually pay attention to whatever it is that you're coming out with uh, so you're not just dumping a whole load of nonsense onto the other person <laughs> and then, then they can't do anything else with either. Um, uh, committing is the other big one, uh, which is basically if you come up with an idea, go with it. Don't go, uh, oh no, um, oh no, hang on, no, I've changed my mind. No, no, we're not in an igloo. Uh, no, 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 it's a palace, it's a palace. No, it's a palace now. Because then the other person is going to go, what, I thought we were in an igloo. And the audience is going to go, what is is it a shape-shifting <laughs> oh, And so it just makes everything a lot clearer. And again, it's a lot easier. Mm. It's all about making it as easy as possible. Uh, because you're already setting yourself a ridiculous challenge. So you might as well make it easy on yourself. And also, a very good one. Um, this is the last one, I promise. Um, okay. uh, which Dylan Emery taught me. Which was, uh, your only job is to make the other person look good. Okay. So if you're making the other person look good, and they're making you look good... It's just going to be lovely. Everyone's just going to have a great. nice time. Looking just good, have a nice feeling time. fine. Exactly. So I would say, I would more say, life lessons. Yeah. You know, tip. Top tip. Top tip. Top tip. I think that's six. <laughs> that's six we've got in there now. At least. I mean, when the process of editing works, that will make no sense saying that's the sixth tip. But it's probably the ninth or, or fourth. <laughs> Could be either way. Who knows? <sighs> so. So after going along for sort of that five-week period, so you got mm. stuck in. Yeah. So what was the first kind of gigs like? Oh well, I didn't. I didn't gig for about a year. Okay. I. So you went through that. Um, I like learned that thorough training. Yeah, I learned classes. Yeah. Cool. So how um, was that then as a process? What? How was learning? Yeah. Oh, amazing. How did you find it? It was amazing. It was basically it was playing. It was just completely stress-free. Um, Hoopla was a lovely, lovely place to learn because it was very uh, all-embracing, really encouraging, um, and just kind of very tactful as well. I think um, Steve Rowe is a very diplomatic teacher, um, and so just like, oh, that was really good. That was that was really good. Um, tell you what, just go again, and uh, you know that kind of stuff, which I think is really a really nice way to teach people because it, it doesn't make them feel like they're idiots or no. that they're you know that they are doing something which is completely, you know, it's a completely ludicrous thing to be doing. So 
idea that you're doing it wrong is just like, it just feels weird. Yeah. It's like you're doing Christmas wrong or something, you know? Um, so, it was, just, yeah, it was just amazing. I made uh, friends, I was going to say lifelong friends, but it's only been six years. <laughs> but they've certainly been around for all that time, and That's I hope good. that they continue to be. Good innings. Um, you know, made some of my absolutely best friends through it. Um, and just like, I don't know, just sort of made, it's made a real difference to how I view life, I think. And also, it wasn't very long after I started doing improv that I then quit my job and went freelance. Because okay. I was just like, screw it. Life is way too short to keep battling at something, especially when everyone's being a dick. So, um, <laughs> so might as well do something that you really enjoy. So I think it was that those, those first few months were a kind of... And a, a joyful exploration of something completely new and exhilarating, um, and just and just that feeling of like oh, relief and release to just at the end of a day, just to be able to go into a room above a pub and just lark about yeah. with a lot of like-minded people is just other outcasts too. yeah other outcasts <laughs> we have to go somewhere and it's a dark room above a pub <laughs> it's pretty textbook yeah <laughs> so um, yeah it was, it was amazing it was really amazing cool so then yeah moving on to that those sort of first performances yeah how did that kind of I mean mentally preparing and going through the classes and so forth, but there's nothing like a live performance. No, there's, there's, You can prepare as much as you can or want, but then you're, you know, the moment you, you put yourself in that spotlight, yeah. you put yourself in front of an audience, you know, one or 50 people, it doesn't matter, um, the dynamic changes completely. Mm. How did you, was that, I mean, you performed previously? A little bit, I guess? Yeah, or? well I'd done, I'd done a lot of, um, I'd done a lot of drama at school okay. and I'd done a bit at university um, but then there was a fair old gap okay. oh no actually no, that, no it was probably about a year and a half since I'd been on stage um, uh, but yeah, again it's a totally different thing to go on with something scripted and to go on with yeah. nothing I was sick to my stomach Okay. On, the, on, the, on the day and indeed the week leading up to it I was like I'm going down with the cold I'm pretty sure I'm going down with the cold I just like could feel all, like tension in my throat and it was just like tension headache which I didn't think of was a tension headache at the time I just I thought I was going down with the cold uh, I just felt dreadful I just felt absolutely dreadful just absolutely terrified just not really a case of what am I doing or why am I doing this because I knew I, di I didn't have an option. <laughs> like, I was going to do it. There was no part of me that was going to chicken out. It was going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, w I was completely terrified. But then that feeling of first going up and it just instantly melted away. Good. Like, literally, as soon as I stepped on stage, it went. Um, and it was a really fun show. I did one of my, still one of my favourite ever scenes in that very first show uh, with um, my dear friend John Monkhouse um, and we sang a song um, and we the host asked the um, host asked the audience for a suggestion of a relationship and um, I didn't know who the person was but it turned out to be uh, my friend Chris's now wife um, who uh, who shouted out shouted out anthropologist and subject which was amazing and then John was incredible by just turning, you know, instead of even, you know, even remotely dancing on the edge of racism, 
just went straight into being an Irish pub keeper. <laughs> so then I was uh, I was a kind of doctor who was coming coming to study. Uh, it was lovely. It was really lovely, and we had a really I can still remember the chorus. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was yeah, it was a really again exhilarating show of just coming off and going, oh my god, <laughs> I totally just did that. Yeah, it was great. It so was really amazing. How's that kind of evolved to to now? Because you know right in the thick of it mm. in respect to performance and yeah. being you know, creative and a part of that process How, how's that transition been to where well, you are now? I think um, I still I mean that first show was me challenging and pushing myself in that I'd never performed improv before um, and I never want to get complacent about how that feels I never want to be in a position where I go oh I can do this and I have been like that. I have been like that before a show, and it's been awful. I've just done the worst, worst work ever. It's just been horrendous. So, and I realised that that was what was happening. And I realised because I wasn't, I was just being a bit too sort of blasé about it. Okay. So I was like, right, okay, I need to do something that challenges me um, and that delights me as well. Um, so. I do do that, so I, I try to perform with people who are better than me, because um, that makes me up my game. Yeah. And it also, I just really enjoy it, because I feel like I'm just like, I feel like I'm not doing any work. And they're just, I'm just sort of riding along on their coattails, going, oh yeah, you're great, and sort of sucking up all of their knowledge at the same time. Um, I do, I do improvathons now, yeah. which is an absolute joy to have begun being involved in that. I'm so, so grateful. Um, because that's an insane thing to do to yourself. Um, so I should probably explain. An improvathon is basically improv for a marathon amount of time. Right. So there's um, the Bristol one, which okay. is 30 hours long. Wow. There's the Liverpool one, which is as many minutes as there are in the year. So this year was the 2014 minute in Robathon. So it's about, oh, okay, right. it's about 33 say, that, hours. That's basically a whole year. I mean, <laughs> that's, that was where I was going with that. I was like, no, no, I'm no, doing no. a TEDx quite no, literally no, no. as a year, an entire year. That's just um, many minutes. About 33 cool. hours-ish. Uh, and then there's the London 50-hour in Robathon as well. So those are all like... Uh, you have an episode of about an hour and 45 minutes then you have a break for 15 minutes and then you go again for another hour and 45 break for 15 and you just keep going and you stay with the same character each time uh, and it's basically like a soap so it usually has the same setting and then it's all those people who live and exist and visit that setting so that's an incredible thing to do um, and I do my one woman solo improv show mm. as well uh, which came about by me um, to be honest, it wasn't it wasn't a conscious decision to push myself. It was just um, I was in a I was in a group called Eight Bit, um, and our coach Katie Shute, basically in a warm up session, said, uh, "Okay, I'll show you how to do budget scenes." And a budget scene is basically an improv scene with only one person. And I'd never done it before, and it was just so much fun. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was like I discovered. It's like I discovered another door in the improv <laughs> corridor, and I found a whole new, other set of corridor and doors. Um, wing. Yeah, another wing. Another wing. Oh, I like that. Um, so, so I started, and it was a, it was a few months before I thought, oh, I want to give that a go. Um, and so I approached Katie and. 
Cariad Lloyd and Paul Foxcroft to be my directors and basically made a show with them and that's uh, that's a show that really pushes me because that's that's brought back all of those feelings that I had at the very beginning just like being <laughs> especially when I did my first ones um, which is just like why am I doing this? Well, I was going to say you know you're in that traditional group format you've got bodies around you mm. people to work off bounce off ideas and so forth but yeah. just you yeah. on stage other people's ideas and you run with it yeah. that's, a, that's a completely different aspect yeah it's mental I don't know why I do it I don't know it's really fun that's why I do it it's really fun and it's a totally insane thing to do um, but yeah that, that pushes me and again it's the same thing where I can you know if I have a show I had a show like this the other week where I was just a bit I don't know I was a bit like eh, I'm not really in the mood for a show oh, I guess I'm going to do it and the first half or the first scene I did I was just like what am I doing I am totally asking this out. Oh god. Oh thank god. Okay, hang on. I can stop it. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty Phew. sure I'm in charge. I'm right in charge and I can stop it. And then I, I sort of scrapped that and did a new scene and that was much better. But it, it sort of it continually teaches me not to be complacent and keep working. That I can and it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling because I've been doing improv yeah for like five years, which I know is not very long. But at the same time, it is quite a while, and at no at no point do I think I'm ever going to go. Oh, I've got this. Yeah. Because as soon as I do that, but I yeah, I mean else. that's I think with with an art form of any sort, that's where you you know you should never take your eye off the ball. You should really yes. consider what's Absolutely. next. Where else can I push this? Absolutely. How else can I develop? Who can I go and watch and develop yeah. and learn? Or, borrow from yeah. and so forth because that yeah. is you know, that really should be what drives you and the moment you go I'm great yeah. technically is the moment you probably slip right behind and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it all so starts going apart and I think I, I fully agree with you on the kind of developing and watching people yeah. as well because I think I mean it's such uh, for me it's such a vital part of it to yeah. kind of keep working on it and you know keep tr- this is part of the reason I got three directors is because I know they're all awesome but I know they're all really busy so I thought well if I have three then maybe (laughs) I'll get to see one of them at some point but you know I keep you know I try to go I try to go back to them and go can I have another rehearsal and like I know what I need drilling on Um, and to yeah and watching loads is so so useful and I've done I've tried to do that since I started doing improv I mean also I mean what's the point of doing something if you don't like what other people are doing yeah. with it as well. It's like almost saying like making films and going, but I only want to watch my ones, no one else's. Uh, so I do, yeah, I go and watch a lot as well. So, um, who would be on your must-see individual list? Who's mm. who's the go-to people? Where should we um, be looking? Oh, how do we how do we hunt these guys down? There's um, well, okay. First of all, there's something I'm very excited about because like, they started following me on Twitter yesterday. Uh, breaking news breaking news and it's um, a group called the free association I've not seen them but I can see who's involved and I'm like oh that's going to be one to watch I reckon because that's a very lush group of people who are in that good use of that lush carry on thank you I think in a way I almost feel like it's a really obvious answer but it's a very valid one ostentatious yep are just spectacular they're so good they're so good Um, I do Lights for GTI, Grand Theft Impro. Yes. Um, a fair bit. 
I love watching them. Uh, who else? Who else is really good? Project Two. I love them very much. I mean, I am slightly biased because it's got most of my best friends in it, but oh, they're great. But okay. I would also be very honest with them if it was. Well, I wouldn't bother recommending them if it wasn't Ace, and it is. It's really fun. It's improvised sci-fi. Okay, cool. So that's really, really fun. Um, this is going to be the awful thing. Oh, uh, Folie à deux, which is um, Andy Murray and Charlotte Gittens from Ostentatious. Okay. They do a two-prof, which uh, when I saw the first outing of it, I was sitting in the front row with my friend, and at one point I just had to like... I just had to have a little rest. I just had to like <laughs> stop looking at the stage and just briefly put my head on his shoulder just to not look at it for a while. Just like, just a couple of seconds, just to go, I can't, just, ah, I just need a little bit of time. Quite extreme. Just that, but because I was just laughing so hard and just, oh God, like, I, again, I remember, I remember seeing one of Ostentatious's very first shows. And I think, I mean, I reckon one of their first five and there, I was sitting at the back and I had to keep like standing up and sitting down again because I didn't know what to do with myself <laughs> because I was like laughing is not enough laughing is not enough to get I can semaphore <laughs> it's just like, I need to release this joy <laughs> and laughing is not enough um, so yeah so I feel yeah Folly Edda are awesome Carrie Adam Paul um, you know are a master class really to be honest but like not in a way that you want to go and take notes. Right. Because I think that's, just go and really enjoy it. That's, yeah. Um, thank you. You're so welcome. Where can we find you? you I mean, I've learned at the Reach Chief on a Monday night in <laughs> Tuesday. Um, Talking to a random. I, I'm not on Facebook, but I am on Twitter. Right. Which is at Comedy Food Girl. Yep. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram, at Comedy Food Girl. Um, Although there's probably more information on Twitter. Um, I also have a show coming up on the 4th of November at Ostentatious Presents. Um, I'm not part of Ostentatious. That was erroneously suggested (laughs) at a gig I did the other day. Um, uh, But I'm doing a slot as part of their variety night. Um, Where is that? That's at the Wheat Chief, but not this one. The Wheat Chief uh, on Rathbone Place, so just off Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, I was going to say, back at Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, Uh, and then I have another one on the 22nd of November, which is at the Nursery Theatre in Southwark, and that's a full hour. Really? I've got a full hour to myself, I'm so excited. So how can we, what is it, just go to the website or Uh, Nursery Theatre? Yeah, I don't think they've announced the lineup just yet, but if you follow, yeah, they've they've got Facebook and things, and things, yeah. So I think they're at Nursery Theatre on Twitter. Fantastic. Um, to wrap up, um, we've kind of had one life message. Don't be a dear. <laughs> so if you were going to impart another piece of life advice, what would it be? Um, oh gosh, there are so many. <laughs> okay. I think... But it's a, it's an advertising slogan. Okay. But I think I will say just say yes. Just say yes. Just works. Say yes. It works on all counts. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Good. Wise <laughs> words. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you.